Warning! This episode contains foul language, anatomical wonders, and feats of human nature that are out of this world. listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week we sit down with one of our friends or coworkers and talk about something weird. This week we are going to be chatting about real life superhumans. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Can humans have the abilities that we see in comic books? Superhuman strength, pain restraint, fire starting, telekinesis, and even people with almost paranormal abilities. What do they do with their skills, and what can we learn from them? My name is Lauren. Hello. And this is my co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. Hey, girl. And today we are joined by longtime friend and weirdo, Kate Alden. Hi, weirdos. Hello. Hey, girl. <laughs> I really enjoyed your, like, da-da-da-da. <laughs> An additive, like, superhumans, you know? No, for you know? sure. No, I'm, I was Thank with you. you the whole time. Thank you. I felt, uh, I smelled what you were stepping in. We're drinking beer that Kate brought us as a gift. Again, we repeat, we really enjoy when people bring us gifts in the form of alcohol. Again, we repeat. (laughs) If you come on the show, show, bring us alcohol. And you bring alcohol, we will be so much nicer Mm -hmm. to you. Hi. Hi, Kate. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah. Um, tell it's us about yourself. Uh, it's so hot outside, guys. I can't even. If you hear a little, psh, we have the AC running. What is it like? One hundred and three today. Something I, like that in the valley. Maybe least. like one ten. I truly. I know. I know. It feels I got like my Palm car, Springs yeah. or Vegas. I got in my car yesterday. My car said it was one hundred and fifteen. Ah. I just about. No. I was no, trying to no, come no. home because Joe's about to leave for it. He's like, I have to leave in five minutes. Can we be home in five? I was like, I can't touch my steering wheel. So I do not know how to answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) My hands are on fire. I have to sit here until I can physically touch the wheel to drive my car. That's nuts. What a freaking nightmare. I don't enjoy it. And I feel like September is always a month of hot, hot weather. So I feel like for the next month, this is just what we have to deal with. And in October, you finally get a break. Yeah. We always get like a little tease kind of at the end of August where you think it's getting cooler. Which just happened last week. Yeah. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, it's just It's horrible. fucking miserable. It's the hottest it's been all year. Ugh. Ugh. We can get through it, guys, and then it'll be Halloween, and I will just be the happiest person. But I will say, Halloween out here does suck, because even Halloween, it's like 82 degrees. It'll still be warm, right? It's just not 100. (laughs) I feel like it was cooler last year, though. Depends. Here's the thing. I definitely remember wearing long sleeves, and it was okay. I'm pretty sure I, it might have been. Joe and I went as Gil Faison and George St. Giglin from The Coral Show, from Too Much Tuna. And we were wearing so many layers, and, like, Joe had a, you know, a white-haired wig on, and it was so hot. It was so hot that Joe decided he's never dressing up for Halloween again. Like, he doesn't dress up for Halloween, and I talked him into it, and he was like, this is so much fun, this is great. And then by the end of the night, he was like, well, I'm done. 
So yep. I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> Actually, that's true. Oh, I guess this was two years ago. My husband and I dressed as the wet bandits. And so we were wearing like winter coats, winter hats, and those gloves as they do in the movie. And we were both drenched in sweat. And we kept it on. We were dedicated for like two hours because we wanted to take pictures, greet all the guests because we were also hosting the party. And like we had to be in character as long as we could. But then I think two hours into the party, we stripped completely down. We're like, just... <laughs> Guess who I am, if you don't know already. I don't care anymore. That's fine. Joe and I had literal perfect costumes. We looked exactly like them, and everyone thought we were Bernie Sanders. Excuse me? (laughs) Every single person was like, are you Bernie Sanders? I was like, yeah, we're both Bernie Sanders. Oh, my God. Yep, you nailed it. That's our costume. (laughs) But it was also before all the rage of, oh, hello, on Broadway came out. Did just not enough people know know. who they were? I mean, the people that did know who we were were like, you guys look incredible. This is awesome. But everyone else was like, are you Bernie Sanders? Right. Like, yep. Yep, just (laughs) nod and smile. Mm Mm-hmm. We are. I do that, though. There was one... uh, Remember the Halloween that I went as Gozer the Gozerian? There were a lot of people who guessed some weird things. There were a lot of people that were like... There was a girl dressed as a sexy bumblebee who was like, are you a mommy? And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. Yes, I am. (laughs) I'm not about to explain to you who I am. You sexy bumblebee. You're dressed as a sexy bumblebee. Get out of here, (laughs) you sexy ear of corn. That was another costume (laughs) that was out last... No. Yes! Yeah. There's a little ear of corn, like, dress you can wear, and you put, like, a green thing on your head. It's real, and it's, it's awful. real. What is wrong with the hate our world? I don't know. It's this whole sexy Halloween thing that I just can't get behind. I think my mom went one year as sewage, and it was probably what? the best costume I have ever seen in my entire life. They're photos. It was the 80s. And my mom was, she's an artist, and so she was super into all of that stuff, and she literally, she made herself... Like drain sewage. No. Oh my god. That's so good. Yeah. That it's reminds sweet. me of like the kid costumes where it's like, I'm static. Totally. Static cling. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, can you give us an example of like what your mom had on? I'm trying to imagine sewage. So there were styrofoam balls, but she had kind of reconstructed them so it looked like something green bubbling up out of a drain okay. pipe, basically. Uh, That's cheap. And she had painted part of her face and her hair was kind of crazy and it, it looked like basically what you would pull out of a drain Mixed with weird chemicals. So Yes. Yeah. So I want to be sewage yeah. this year. It was pretty amazing. My God, I may have to steal that. I want to be something so gross that just no one understands. Just go as like uh, <laughs> the shit demon from, uh, <laughs> what is that movie? Dogma. Remember the shit demon? Oh, no. God. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, it comes no. out of the toilet. It's a demon made of poop. All right. No. I could do that. <laughs> do that. Oh, well, demon. we've decided it. Well, it's the done. costume of the year. It is done. <laughs> poop demon. <laughs> Poop ghost. Poop ghost. So we've gotten off track. Uh, um, welcome to yes. Keep It Weird. Hi. This is a podcast for all things strange, unusual, <laughs> paranormal, supernatural, <laughs> creepy, scary, sticky, gross, and everything in between. Um, today we are talking about uh, human superheroes, human superpowers, human. How do we say it? Human. Superhuman powers. Superhuman powers. They're not really heroes. <laughs> not really. No. I mean, no, they're not at all. They could use that's their sort powers of a different, for good. Yeah, yeah that's like a sort different, of a different sect of humanity. Right? Yeah. The human superheroes. Well, because heroes. there are real there are. superheroes. Yes. Right. That, yeah. like, are, like, vigilantes. I was just going to say, there's no, vigilantes for sure. But don't they just, um, kind of pick up trash and. I lived in Recycle. so I lived in Seattle for a few years uh, before I moved back to Los Angeles, and we have a superhero up there named Phoenix Jones. What? And he's like a real street vigilante, but he fight and he fights for good, and he has a costume, and he has no. like he started this whole 
like Rain City superhero movement or something up there, and he'll he'll just kind of patrol in places That's because awesome. I don't know if the police force can't get to it or whatever. But he's trained in crazy martial arts and whoa, yeah, he's awesome. That he's is cool so cool. And Phoenix yeah. Jones is his name. Yeah, and That's he won't a instigate name. a fight ever. He'll only defend. So okay. he'll defend. Like, people that are getting mugged or whatever. And sure. he, he's had drunk people on the street, you know, kind of chase him down and say, oh, Phoenix Jones, fight me. And, and he won't fight them. It's truly a life someone day. Yeah, it, yeah, it really is. Like, okay. he, he's not he's not a crusader in that respect. He's, so he's a good cool. guy. He's a great guy. But does guy. he recycle? I'm quite certain. I mean, they're, they're pretty crazy <laughs> about sure. it up there. That's true. Yeah. If he does recycle, like I cannot get behind him. Like 17 different forms of No support. Compost, hard plastic, <laughs> soft plastic, glass. Shiny glass. There so is. Much. There's a website. I think the website is called like realsuperheroes.com or something like that that shows you mm-hmm. all the different like actual working superheroes in, in all the different cities. Um, surprisingly enough, New York and Los Angeles do not have any. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, not like actual like working, like go out and like do patrol. Thing and, like, yeah, yeah. Like, superheroes. Because they bummer. They should exist. They I shot. know that's true. You'd be in much more danger. Yeah, I'm 100 percent yeah. sure that St. Louis and Detroit don't have any either. Oh gosh, I hope not. Woo, that would um, end blasted badly. Okay, so we're not talking about superheroes again. <laughs> we're, we're talking off about track. superhuman powers, abilities, <laughs> um, powers that people uh, were either born with, learned. Or after an accident, had the ability to do. And we have a, a really cool announcement as yeah. well. We're doing something really special this month in honor of our superhuman episode. Uh, we're going to be doing a fundraiser for the Multiple Sclerosis Association of America. 50% of our donations for the month of September are going to be going to MSAA to help improve the everyday lives of people suffering from MS. of the money you donate will go to therapeutic and supportive equipment designed to improve the safety and mobility for people with MS, cooling kits to assist in relief from heat and humidity, which can aggravate common MS symptoms, MRI funds for tracking the disease, funding for the toll-free helpline that directly connects people who are facing challenges from their MS to trained consultants, and so much more. So visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast to donate to our show and to people suffering from multiple sclerosis because everyone deserves to feel like a superhuman. <laughs> so all the entire month of September, everything that you donate, 50% is going. Um, and you can set up on the Patreon, you can set up a one-time donation, you right. can set up a monthly donation, so you can do either... Yeah. One of those if things, you don't so. want to do the subscription, you can give yeah. one time, and the month of September would be a great time mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, and, and if you give for the month of September, you'll get you know the weekly newsletter yeah, for the, the month, and you'll get the videos, and you'll get all the fun stuff. So yeah. it's really a win-win for like everyone involved. Yes. <laughs> Like, and no one loses. No one loses in this situation. We get to help people be more super. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's so good. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I have a friend whose mom has MS, so Ashley and I have kind of been talking about what charities to give yeah, to, and this one just kept, this one popping kept popping up, up as one. It was just like, this is, it's so near and dear to the heart, and it's mm-hmm. so important. And so. we really liked what the money goes to in this yes. situation. I mean, if we get $100 to donate, that will give... Uh, someone who's suffering from MS, a cooling jacket. Mm-hmm. Like, 
for free. That's, that's awesome. So that's just a hundred yeah. bucks, right? Just there. such a helpful so, thing for them to have in their yeah. life. And that's so, that's so easy to do if you guys help us out. So it's yeah. great. So we're excited. Yay. So happy September and hooray, hurrah. for all. Happy September, <laughs> the week before, I mean the week before, the month before, the greatest month Ever. of the year. Whoop. Anyways, we can talk about superheroes now. Superhuman abilities. Superhuman abilities. <laughs> I'm never. It's the beer. I've had four sips, and all I've had to She's eat today is wasted. frosted mini wheats. It's because right. it's actually 150. Like the heat makes it. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, it was what? like proof. Like, am I drinking Everclear? Am I drinking vodka? What's happening? <laughs> I just no. had a panic attack. I was like, I can't I, drink my, this anymore. My jaw dropped. <laughs> I truly thought you meant 150 uh, proof. And nope, I was like, she meant degrees, guys. I meant degrees. I meant the heat makes it worse. Oh my gosh, we the would die work. from a bottle of that. Yeah, anyway, that we're, we're pretty we're gonna be insane. Anyways, we're fine. I didn't bring a bottle of scotch. I brought beer. <laughs> beer. We did discuss the scotch. Anyways. We did. Briefly. <laughs> very briefly. So I'm going to start us off with um, someone very special. Well, it's actually not a person. It's a group of people oh. that I found out about. That are um, known as the Bouchard. Have you guys heard of the Bouchard? No. I have okay. not. So they're a group of people called, uh, they're basically called sea nomads. And uh, the, the ethnic group is called the Bouchard, who live in the ocean between the Philippines, Malaysia, and Indonesia. Um, and they are basically real life Aquamen, <gasps> which is oh, crazy. Awesome. So no there's way. even kind of a superhero origin story that goes along with them. There's a legend of a princess from Malaysia who was washed away in a flash flood, and her grief-stricken father ordered his subjects to depart to the sea, returning only when they'd found his daughter. So to this day, they live in the ocean. Oh my gosh. So, of course, they live on boats, typically boats that are only about 15 feet long and six and a half feet wide, but that isn't what makes them, like, X-Men-esque. What makes them special is they can actually free, di- free dive up to 100 feet, walk on the surface of the ocean, and hold their breath for up to five whole minutes. No. Yeah. No. How do they walk? Because the, they release all the oxygen from their body so that they can sink, and they walk on the, the bottom of the sea floor. It, there's videos of them doing it. It's insane. That's I don't know bananas. if I can watch that. I think I'll get... Real nervous. (laughs) Well, they do it to survive. They hunt the seafloor for fish, pearls, and sea cucumbers, which is a delicacy and a commodity that they've traded for centuries and centuries. Okay. Uh, While diving, they wear hand-carved wooden goggles with glass lenses and hunt with spear guns that they fashion themselves from uh, boat timber, tire rubber, and scrap metal. So how they do it is pretty interesting. They're basically born and bred to live this way now. They don't really have to do too much training to be able to do this. Uh, Prior to any deep sea adventure, the free divers will undergo uh, intense mental preparation. Breathing exercises often lead them into like a trance-like state during which their bodies become much more relaxed. And basically, they get as relaxed and warm as possible before diving in so that they do not hyperventilate Penny. Penny. (laughs) Hush. Penny's trying to get in the bedroom so desperately. It's really adorable because her father's in there and she wants to be with him. But at the same time, we're busy. Look at the look she's giving me right now because I shushed her. She was angry. (laughs) I'm sorry, but we're doing a thing. I'm sorry, but we're busy here. Do you pay rent? No. Um... 
So... <laughs> They get their body as relaxed and warm as possible before diving in so they don't hyperventilate when they're under the water. But uh, special breathing techniques are all it takes. It also takes a well-developed mammalian dive reflex, which is what we were talking about, the ability of the body to compensate for the sudden oxygen depletion during diving. So the average person won't last more than 45 seconds underwater, but the Basha are special. They've trained their whole lives. So the moment a baby is born... They completely submerge the baby in water to test the strength of the baby's lungs. And from that moment, they literally, the children are in water pretty Little much all the time. Babies. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Tiny water Jeez. babies. What? They also, early exposure to the water enables the children to develop underwater vision. So at a very young age, their eyes will adapt by constricting their pupils more, and they change the lens shape to increase light refraction under the water. So their bodies, like, actually evolve to do this. It's crazy. That is bonkers. Another thing, this is kind of disgusting. The Busha also deliberately rupture their eardrums at a very early age. So they essentially stick an ice pick in their ears and they'll bleed from their ears and nose. And they usually spend up to a week rehabilitating. But after that, they can dive without the pain of like the deep water pressure. Yeah. But because of that. Most of the older Busha like can't hear at all. Or basically, yeah, they're basically deaf. They have horrible well, hearing. Yeah, ice pick to the ear. Yeah, that would, uh, <gasps> mess you up a bit. Yeah, just a tad. Oh, that sounds terrible. Um, that sounds so awful. And something kind of horrible is happening. The Busha, uh, if they can afford it, they will dive closer to 150 feet using compressors, which is basically air pumped through a garden hose, so that they can go deeper for longer. But that's really bad for them and a lot of them end up dying from the bends mm-hmm. because their body did not naturally adapt to that depth or that mm-hmm. amount of time under the water and they basically come up and you guys know what the bends are right no. it's like de- decompression you know when you go deep sea diving and you have to decompress when you right. come up that's because basically bubbles of nitrogen if you come up too fast uh, or that you're under the pressure for too long, bubbles of nitrogen will develop in your bloodstream. Oh, jeez. And if they hit your heart, you're dead. Right. Some people die instantly. Some people, it takes, like, years. Like, they'll, like, develop, like, rashes and, oh. like, joint pain and then eventually die from decompression disease or the bends. So okay. that's happening to them. Uh, and most most of the Bouchard population are still living in the sea. Uh, But it's dwindling fast because over the last few decades, government programs have forced most of them to settle on land, although most of them still manage to live in stilt villages, so they're still technically on the ocean. Okay. I just think it's incredible that they just... I can't believe that's real. Yeah. That's insane to me. Five minutes? That's not a thing. Do you guys do the thing where you're watching a movie and someone goes under the water and And you you try to hold your breath breath with them? I do it during the movie Titanic. When the ship sinks and they go underwater and start thrashing, I'm like, could I hold my breath as long as they have to? Yeah. And I'll even thrash There's my body. There's so many. <laughs> you nerd. Because it exerts nerd. energy and it makes it harder. Oh my God. Okay. Anyway. No, I've never done that before. <laughs> no, I've never done <laughs> take anything like that before. You're the weird one. Just that. You're weird. I'm not weird. I'm not weird. I'm fine. Um, I do it. And if I can't hold my breath, I'll be like, bullshit. You, you know can't I mean? do it. You can't do Isn't that. Isn't that real? 
No, I mean, that's, that's how I feel about these people. There this was another insane. guy. That's not okay. So that's crazy. But there was another free uh, free diver who what was his name? Uh, Patrick Musimu. He was a Belgian free dra- free diver who began diving in 1999 at the age of 28. But he trained for years and years and years, and eventually his lung capacity he could hold up to nine liters. In his lungs? Whoa. Yeah, and he could hold his breath for 8 minutes and 30 seconds. What? 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 <laughs> Again, I'll say, <laughs> what? <laughs> he broke the record um, by free diving to 686 feet. Uh, he did not rupture his ears, but he had a method to clear his ears by... He would flood his air spaces, so he would flood his sinuses and his ears with seawater before he got to a certain depth. Um, and he drowned. He died. Yeah. Oh, man. In, like, 2011. He died. Uh, he was on an episode of Stanley's Superhumans, where yeah. he uh, basically explained that yoga and meditation are the reason behind, like, why he can do the crazy things that he could that's do. That's what but everyone says. That when they have superhuman abilities, they're like, literally just meditate and meditate, like do some yeah. stretches. Breathing practices. <laughs> just yeah. do some stretches. That is I just stretch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy that ex- crazy. exposes himself to hyper-cold all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he said it's through meditation. Yeah, he's, yeah. He was talking. Breathing. It's through breathing. And he was on an episode of Vice, I think, too. And yeah. His thing, yeah. name is, hold on, I have it yeah. here somewhere. Yeah, I have it, too. Let me look through my paperwork. Let <laughs> I me mean, look. Wim Hof. Wim Hof, yeah. Yeah, the Iceman. Wow. Yeah. And he basically can't, I mean, he's hiked, uh, he climbed the Himalayas in shorts. Shorts. Bicycle <laughs> shorts. Okay. Yeah. What? What? He, Excuse me, sir. He, uh, he almost made it to the summit of Mount Everest in just shorts. Oh. And no shoes. Oh my shoes. God. No shoes? No shoes because. Those poor um, tootsies. Yeah. And then the only reason. Yes. <laughs> the only reason he didn't make it was because look at this monster. Penny. Look at this monster. Penny. Hey. <laughs> look at the angle. <laughs> Why does she only look at me? Another person said it. No, it was wasn't only just her. me. I love I didn't you. say shit. Oh, okay. And I have the canvas bag, so. Yeah, in case she loves bag, you forever. You're fine. Oh gosh, I'm um, ruined. The only reason he didn't make it to the top of the Mount Everest is because of a foot injury, because he wasn't wearing shoes. But he also, it's not just cold, too. He also ran a marathon in uh, an African desert with no water. Yeah. Uh, What? He can basically basically control the temperature of his body. Through meditation and yoga. Meditation and And breathing. Breathing (laughs) exercises. It's It's all about how you breathe. I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite certain. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, I don't know what I'm doing because my breathing has never done anything for me. No. But I also am allergic to literally everything <laughs> the in the keep entire you alive. <laughs> that part. I is mean, like that's tiny overrated. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, completely good. overrated. I don't need to live it. But he uh, he's in the Guinness Book of World Records too for imagine. longest ice bath, I think. And there was another one. Oh, yeah, makes me Wim Hof is his name. Oh yeah. And he, he was a, it's learned, but he was, I think when he was 19 or something like that, he, he started, he, he noticed he was drawn to cold water and 
he said it just didn't seem to affect him the way it affected other people. Okay. And that's when he started to develop this, like, ability Even to, stronger like, adaptation. Yeah. So maybe there is some kind of genetic... It could be some yeah, sort of... It looks like there's something going on a little bit, yeah. but then he just made it more extreme through practice. But he's huh. basically donated his body to science. I mean, he hasn't donated, but he he's, he he's allowed people. people to run so many tests... Um, basically, because, you know, if this is something people have tried to prove for years and years and years, this is something that like yogis and people like that have tried to say that it's not just about your physical body. It's also about, you know, by using these sort of metaphysical techniques, you can control things Mm -hmm. like the temperature of your body, mind over matter. Exactly. Um, and, uh. And he's actually proving it. Because they can actually test him and see that his body is reacting differently. Right. Then, you know. Isn't that nuts that his mind is just willing that to happen? Yeah. People are crazy. People are crazy. I love it. Like people that can move things with their mind. Lauren. Transition, eh? (laughs) So, I'm chatting about psychokinesis and telekinesis today. And I'm going to kind of just go over a little bit of the history, what they're about, some theories that have been thrown out, and then go into people who actually claim to have the power and that science actually points to, they probably do have something going on. Um, So first of all, psychokinesis is the ability of a person to act upon an object or otherwise affect the outcome of a situation just using the power of their mind. So in psychokinesis, you could change the results of like dice rolling, which we're actually going to talk about a little bit, how that used to be a way to study this and research it. Um, You can change the outcome of like a sporting event or so you believe that you can. Whereas telekinesis more directly relates to the movement of objects using the power of your mind. Um, But psychokinetic powers may be used to manifest specific outcomes or events of just about any type. So that's kind of the difference. They're very similar. But if you want to get into moving objects, that's the telekinesis. So People, the idea of people being able to move objects through um, mind power alone has been talked about for a really long time. Like, this goes way back. But only in the late 1800s was it seen as an ability that might be scientifically demonstrated. And this is when people started to really research and start to investigate this a little more and say, maybe this isn't just this crazy higher power. Like, maybe there's something to this. So this started occurring during the heyday of early religion and spiritualism when psychic mediums were really on the rise and claiming to have contact with the dead during seances and sometimes objects would move during these seances and things would fly around the room um, and things would float or fly across a dark room seemingly untouched by anyone. Sometimes even something as big as a table would get up and fly around and people were going crazy. Um, but then it turned out that the, for the most part, these were fraudulent psychics that were using trickery. Everything was used with hidden wires to black clad accomplices that were literally just carrying things That's around my the room. Favorite thing. Completely Can dressed in black. Just a person it's walking around with a chair dressed in black from head to toe. Um, and, and you know all place? those people were, like, drunk on absinthe when they went into this. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. They were like, oh, the chair is flying. Like, no. And it's actually just some dude. Like, you can see his eyes. Literally walking. Glowing <laughs> eyes. <sticking laughs> you can see his eyes and his nose. And he's like, yeah, it's floating. Yeah, this is real. This is so weird. Um, so that's amazing. Um, magician Harry Houdini actually investigated and exposed many fake mediums during this time and even wrote a book about it titled Miracle Mongers and Their Methods 
So he was out to call out people since he's like, hey, I'm the head magician around here. Y'all yeah. get out of here with your face. If you're going to use magic, you're going to go through <laughs> me. You're going to come to me. Um, the public slowly grew wise to realize that most telekinesis was fake, so it sort of dropped from public view until it was revived again in the 1930s and 40s when a researcher at Duke University named J.B. Ryan became interested in the idea that people could affect the outcome of events using their minds. So Ryan was, uh, he used the dice test, which I mentioned earlier. He would have people roll dice and he would ask the subjects to influence the outcome through the power of their minds. He would have them concentrate and then call out what it was going to be. And though his results were mixed and the effects were small, they were enough to convince him that there was something mysterious going on. However, unfortunately for Ryan, other researchers that tried to duplicate his findings found many errors and basically said it all comes down to probability. And of course, you're going to be able to call out what the numbers are on the dice sometimes. So it just wasn't enough to back it up. So a lot of people were like, get out of here, dude. This isn't real. But Ryan stood by it and kept researching it and kept bringing different people in and tried some different stuff. So he's someone that like fought for it until the day he died, which I'm like, like we said, it's fun to believe. And I'm like, good for this guy. Keep trying. Keep trying. Um, Keep the dream alive. Keep the dream alive. Uh, And then there's the poltergeist theory, which I like, um, that if the power of telekinesis really exists, what if some of us are capable of it, but we are completely unaware of our ability? This is a huge theory behind why people think they see poltergeist activity. Mm -hmm. So poltergeists are spirits who are said to cause mischief in a specific location by moving objects, causing mysterious sounds, and generally just making a nuisance of themselves throughout Mm -hmm. your house, or sometimes they'll even follow you to other locations. Um, obviously the existence of these spirits is super tough to prove as it's considered paranormal phenomenon, but some claim that it's not a ghost or a spirit at all. And the shenanigans are just caused by unwitting psychic ability by one or more people. So it is surmised that children, mostly teens undergo brief periods of psychic volatility that may cause telekinetic activity that they are not aware of, nor can they control. So this may be something that follows a person around for their life. Or it could just be a brief period in well, their teen I years. They, don't they think it's connected to developing sexually? Yes, it's when like part of puberty. Yeah, when yeah. you're uh, when you are going through puberty and your emotions and your hormones are all are like over the place, crazy high. Right. That's when like this sort Stuff of sixth sense, like unhinged ability, can kind right. of huh, yeah surface and show itself. Yeah, hormone changes, puberty, whatever you want to call it. Or it also says if the person is going through a really difficult period, which yeah, also would like lend itself to the emotions. Yeah. Like, yeah, something in the family, a death in the family, whatever. So they believe that that could be why sometimes there's a poltergeist phase that happens. But also some people claim there's poltergeist activity their whole life. So maybe they just have these abilities their whole life. So that's a huge theory. Um, again, it could just be people trying to kind of sweep it under the rug to just be in the paranormal world. Mm -hmm. And it gives scientists an excuse to not research it anymore. Um, But I think that's a really interesting idea. And I find that fascinating and like, Hey, it could be for sure. Um, So why do most people not buy into telekinesis? Speaking of not wanting to research it or try to debunk it. The like cons against this are that there's a high probability of fraud with tricksters and magicians who travel the world claiming to have the power. So it sucks because there are people in this world that do have the power, 
But it's hard to weed out the real people from the tricksters because some of the magicians and fakers are just so good at it that it's really hard to tell unless you know what they're doing behind the scenes. So having all of the tricksters out in the world is really hard. Um, It is also getting harder and harder to prove because scientists and researchers, as I said, don't really want to dive into it due to its paranormal connection. Too many people believe it has to do with spirits or ghouls. And so no one really takes it seriously. Yeah, can you imagine trying to get funding for something like exactly. this? For like a study? You're like, ah, absolutely not. Sit Move down, yeah. sir. It works so well for Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> seriously. I mean, they, they also it. got defunded. Lest we forget. True. Lest we forget. Um, also, the research that does exist is not compelling at all. It's actually pretty boring. The dice throwing, for example, that Ryan investigated did not really reveal anything other than there is high probability you will guess the numbers on the dice at some point. So for the most part, the <laughs> results um, seem to be that psychokinesis or telekinesis are usually just a game of chance. Um, and those are kind of the cons against it. But the cool thing is... There are people that exist in this world who have the powers, and for the most part, scientists who have researched them can't find any reason to say that they don't. They don't necessarily understand what exactly is happening in the brain. I think that's the biggest thing, is they'll bring these people in for interviews, and they try to investigate and study what they're doing. Something amazing will happen, but they still don't understand what part of the brain they're using or why this is going on. There's just, there's no way to dive into why this is happening, but... There's a really cool guy who came around in the 1970s named Yuri Geller. Yuri! <laughs> so we've talked about him before. Yeah, right? we talked about yeah. the grapes. Uh, oh, the grapes. Yeah, which I mentioned briefly about the drawings. Do you, did you hear about the grapes? No. Okay. Um, we can dive into more of that in a second because we are going to talk about the drawings. Okay, so his name is Yuri Geller. And since we've talked about him before, I'm not going to go like too crazy. But uh, he was born in Tel Aviv in 1946 and has repeatedly demonstrated his ability to deform metal objects. From the age of four, he revealed an ability to bend metal spoons by the power of his thought. Uh, The so-called Geller effect became well-known over his life as scientists observed him and studied him, and he has claimed that he can read minds, bend keys, and basically all metal items simply by touching them, like something that could not be bent by our human hands. He can do it with his hands, or even just staring at them and using his mind. But you know the trick to that. I don't. There is no spoon. There's That's exactly no exactly what I was thinking. The Matrix? The Matrix? No. Lauren. I've Lauren, seen The Matrix, but Lauren. not enough times to know that that Lauren. is a thing. It's a tiny little baby boy. Bending spoons. Bending spoons. In a no room. Spoon. In a room. I mean, I believe you that it happened. I've seen there The Matrix no like spoon. twice in my life. Okay. It's fine. It's the best. This the happens best all one. the time. <laughs> I will quote something. Okay, I'm sorry that you can just... memorize every film that has ever existed, and I cannot. I don't have that and I'm, just, I'm not appreciated here. Go on. Like, we did our Glitch in the Matrix episode, and I was, of course, able to contribute, because I've seen the Matrix twice, so I, of course, understand what's going on. But if you tell me to say a line from that movie, like, of course There is not. no spoon. That's the line. There is no like, spoon is the line from right. the movie. Okay. Or... I know Kung Fu. That's, <laughs> That's a good too. one, too. <laughs> Zach Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Is yeah, that your no, impression well, of I, him? Okay, fuck you. That was spot on. It was. No I've was... never done a better impression of Keanu Reeves You're actually correct. Life. You're actually correct. Come on. I'm upset now. Um, so there is no spoon, everyone. And <laughs> so Geller's a cool guy. He has claimed that his feats are the result of paranormal powers given to him by extraterrestrials. 
But critics have tried hard to show that Geller's tricks can just be re- replicated by stage magic techniques. What? Excuse me? Yep. So, listen I'm to I'm going to need to know more about this. <laughs> so, I'm going to get into this. So, in the early 1970s, an article in the Jerusalem Post reported that a court had ordered Geller to refund a customer's ticket price and pay court costs after finding that he had committed fraud by claiming that his feats were telepathic when they were proved not to be. In some of his shows, he did use trickery, especially in his early days. Hmm. In addition, a 1974 article also hints at Geller's abilities being trickery. It alleged that his manager, Shippy, and Shippy's sister, Hannah, secretly helped Geller in his performances, which did end up being true again in his early days. Geller even eventually married Hannah, and he just had his little trickery sidekick on the side. But um, parapsychologist Andriha Puharik met Geller in 1971 and endorsed him as a genuine psychic. Under hypnosis is when Geller claimed he was sent to Earth by extraterrestrials from a spaceship 53,000 light years away. Geller later denied the space fantasy claims, but affirmed, uh, there's a slight possibility that some of my energies have extraterrestrial connection. Well, he said this under hypnosis? Yes. And then when he was not Weird. under hypnosis, he was he's like, no, 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 no. But, like, there real. might be a connection. I'm not really sure. So he's kind of all over the place with this, which is, again, why people are like, dude, I don't believe you. You're lying to everyone. Um, Puharik also stated that Geller teleported a dog through the walls of his house. However, science writers um, wrote that there was not an expert on fraud present in the room as an observer, so nobody should take this claim seriously, even though Puharik was able to witness it. Um, Geller traveled around and performed shows for people across the world, and many scientists, magicians, and other skeptics would attend his shows just to point out techniques and ways in which Geller could have misdirected the audience and got away with his tricks. His whole life has been spent being hounded by people just trying to prove him wrong. Um... For the most part, Geller's performances of drawing duplication, which we talked about with the grapes, and cutlery bending usually take place under informal conditions like television interviews, but during his early career, he actually allowed scientists to investigate his claims. A study was commissioned by the United States Defense Intelligence Agency as part of the Stargate Project, and it was conducted during 1973 at Stanford Research Institute. Um, there were two parapsychologists there that observed him for a long period of time. He was isolated and asked to reproduce simple drawings that were prepared for him in another room, which is what we discussed. Like, someone else yeah, would yeah, yeah. just, they would yeah, describe yeah. or draw grapes, and then he would be by himself. Yeah, basically, they were in two separate rooms, completely, like, soundproof, there's no way, and they chose a random person to mm. draw a picture, and, like, the guy drew a bunch of grapes, and Yuri Geller, who was like two rooms away, completely isolated, drew the exact same picture of grapes. Mm-hmm. Like, no idea. This guy could have drawn a dog. Anything. This guy could have drawn a smiley face. This and it was spot on. He did the exact same number of grapes number as the other guy in the bundle. Wow. It was yeah. spot on. It was crazy. That's nuts. Um, so the experiments concluded that Geller had demonstrated his paranormal perceptual ability in a convincing and unambiguous manner. Um, Writing about the same study in a 1974 article published in the journal Nature, they concluded that he had performed successfully enough to warrant further serious study. And this is when the term Geller effect first came to be to refer to the particular type of abilities that he had. And obviously they went out looking to see if anyone else had these abilities and just studied him for a really long time. But, I mean, he's a very famous man. He was on The Tonight Show back in the day. And he would go on and do his tricks 
But again, he just has so many people against him saying, like, I could do that trick in my show. Well, this isn't real. Well, the thing is, he's also kind of uh, an illusionist as yes. well. Right. He tries to... So, to to be an illusionist who's also like, yeah, but I also actually have some exactly. abilities that I can't explain. It's like, yeah, but a magician, though. Yeah. He doesn't help himself at all because he has admitted several times to any time he was, like, guessing personal information about people in his audience, which was his big claim to fame at first. Like, he admitted that his manager did help him with that and that they had this whole trick yeah. of how they got people's information. So, like, he buried himself yeah. under those tricks Should've so that no one took him seriously. He should have been an accountant. <laughs> if he was an accountant and then could also bend spades, then he would be... Bend some spades. Bend spades. Is he British? I don't remember. I No, he does have a weird accent. He does, though. okay. It's just okay, like a weird, weird kid accent. It kind of came out when I... I drank half Bang of this 150 was what you beer, said. so I am <laughs> gone. All right, she's drunk. Continue. And that child is a little English boy. <laughs> um, Geller did have another person on his side. In 1966, a British psychologist, Kenneth J. Bacheldore, after 20 years of studying the phenomena of telekinesis and then after seeing Uri Geller, he published several reports that concluded that psychokinesis and telekinesis is very possible. However, the question of how the mind produces this effect is still awaiting decision. And that's true to this day. Um, another person, I touched on him the most because I think he's kind of the most fascinating, but there are some other people. One of the most mysterious and famous people known for their telekinetic abilities is a Soviet housewife, Nina Kulagina, which is a fun That's name. Great that is saying. a really good name. I like that it rhymes. Uh, she had a number of very unusual abilities studied by more than 40 scientists for nearly 20 years, but no one managed to find, again, a scientific explanation of the phenomenal abilities of this woman. There is still evidence of these experiments in the form of videos and documentary films, which is amazing, so you can go back and see stuff. Uh, she was basically able to move small objects with the power of thought alone or change the trajectory of the movement without touching them. So if something was already moving, like she could change its direction. Towards yeah. her, she, could like, okay. she could change it to go in another direction. Um, she had an ability to emit ultrasonic waves, which is documented and proven. Until now, the nature of these powers is still a mystery. So that's pretty cool. Um, and weird. then way, yeah, very weird. Way back when. One case of spontaneous telekinesis happened to a French girl named Angelica Cotton, or Cotine, one of those, when she was 14 <laughs> years old. I don't know how proper We're not to really be. good at pronouncing names We're not good here. with accents and just names. Wing it. We're just going for it. Uh, when she was 14 years old, on the evening of January 15th, 1846, she and three village gir- girls, I cannot speak, Hello. it's the beer. It's beer. They were sitting and embroidering, and suddenly embroidery fell out of their hands, and a lamp was thrown to the corner of the room. The girls accused Angelica because in her presence, strange things seemed to always happen. Furniture would move, and chairs had been flung across the room. Angelica's parents organized a show in Mortain in order to earn a little bit of money. We didn't capitalize on your daughter and just, you know, exploit her. It's fine. The girl caught the attention of a Parisian scientist, Francois Arago, when the girl was in her electrified condition. Because every, almost everything that was in contact with her, like clothes, anything that was in contact with her clothes would just bounce off. So she was like electrified when things would happen to her. Um, When Argo tried to touch the girl, he experienced a shock, much like touching a source of electric current. If Angelica was anywhere near a magnet, without her knowledge, she would shake. A compass, however, would not react to her presence, which is interesting. People believe this is because most items that she moved around the room were made of wood. 
So the compass wasn't reading on that for what? whatever reason. I know. So she's like electric. She moves wood and couches and <laughs> random things. She makes no sense. Um, yeah. And that that's the biggest thing on her. And no one ever found out why. And it was this, like I said in the beginning, this was spontaneous. It just happened like all of a sudden out of the blue when she was 15. So that's more of a, a like poltergeist situation. Right. Like It's like she was not attempting to move stuff. It, it's like Carrie. Yeah, basically. it was just happening to her, and did she couldn't she explain set why. Her entire prom on fire. She did, and then someone dumped pig's blood on her head. Uh, wait, Weird. someone dumped the pig's blood after she set everyone on fire? Yes, there was a living person up in the rafters who wasn't in the fire yet, and they poured the pig's blood on her. This is all a made-up Have story. Have you <laughs> never seen Carrie? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was trying to save myself, and it didn't work. The pig's blood happened before the fire. Thank Fine. you. Jesus. John Travolta did it. Fire. Damn you, John Travolta. <laughs> Damn you, John Travolta. You and your Scientologist ways. Oh, so good. Son of a beach. So, so good. Um, yeah, so there's this really weird thing called, um, spontaneous human combustion. And which is real. Which is, and which it is, blows which my is real. Mind. It is. It's real. Um, and it just makes me think of Spinal Tap. Yes. Everything <laughs> that I was researching, I was just like, what am I in Spinal Tap? Um, so there, there are a whole bunch of recorded cases of this happening. The first one was in, I think, the 1400s. It was this random guy. Um, and he drank basically two bottles of wine and then, barfed flame and then spontaneously combusted and died. And he was at his parents' house and it's recorded. So that was sort of the start of it. And the most recent, there was a, there was a one in 2010 where the coroner actually recorded it as a spontaneous human combustion case. So it was this guy in Ireland and they couldn't find any other cause. The thing that's the weirdest, I think about all of the spontaneous human combustion cases is they're really controlled. Mm -hmm. So like, there are flammable things in these rooms, and none of them set on fire. It's not like a person burned to ashes in a house just randomly while the house burned down. It's like, it's totally controlled. Half of their bodies are sometimes there, so frequently the hands or feet, or legs and feet, or, like, parts of a head or whatever will be there, and then the rest is just a pile of ash. Now, what's weird about that is that in order to get a body to cremate, to get to an ash state, it has to be insanely hot. I mean, you cremate a body, it takes hours in, like, a crazy hot furnace. If it's something burning at that capacity, you would think that everything else around these bodies would set on fire, but they don't. They just burn part of the body, and then it's done. So they did this, uh, they did this test to try and figure out what spontaneous human combustion, like, how to explain it scientifically. And they took, um... Uh, they took so uh, pigs, like pigs' intestines, basically, and they soaked them in acetone, which is a naturally occurring process of your body that occurs with alcoholism, diabetes, um, or like like weird situation. We can actually create acetone in our bodies, which makes no sense. Which yeah, is what? Like, this is what? Like I use that to take off my toenail polish. <laughs> it's so. like, I know. Hair dye. I don't like, understand. Yeah. Um, and then at, with the acetone soaked pig's guts, they elicited some kind of, you know, fire, like, like, here's a candle that's kind of close or whatever. And it would burn up in 34 minutes, the entire, to ash, the entire thing, but contained. So basically the idea behind spontaneous human combustion is that it, like the, the, the body turns into this crazy torch 
and just burns to ash, but it doesn't affect anything else around it. But that's weird to me because there are people sitting in chairs that yeah. burn to the ground. I mean, see you see the photos, the photos and it's of, like, like the charred chair. The char like the chair is charred or the floor is charred right. or the ceiling's charred, but nothing else is on fire. And if it burns that hot that fast, I would think that the whole house would go up in totally. flames, but they don't. It's I don't understand. So strange. No, it, it makes, makes it no. seem it makes me paranormal. Crazy. It yes. seems paranormal, but it's also something that they can replicate scientifically. Having that hot of a burn that fast, you turn into a human candle, like fully. You know, all it takes is something to spark that wick, and your body explodes, basically, and burns up. I'm so glad we're drinking alcohol right now. <laughs> after you told me that. It's- <laughs> Potentially because of the alcohol in your body, that really. I know. I feel well. Really I mean, safe. I think you have to like, like you, you have, have to be, be like a, a long hard... time alcoholic. Yeah, it's not. So we had two him. bottles of wine. You said he had two bottles of wine. Okay. He had. I. But it was in the 1400s where they didn't drink water and they only drank alcohol. Uh, that's true. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so the other thing that's a little bit weird about the the spontaneous human combustion is frequently the flame. The people that have have been eyewitnesses to this mm-hmm. claim that the flame is blue. So like they'll barf blue flame, Polonius barf oh blue flame and then spontaneously combusted what? in the 1400s. Yeah. What? Yep. <laughs> what is yep. this? Yep. What is this? A passenger on a bus in England noticed blue flames. Um, and it was a woman. No, it was a homeless man who had spontaneously combusted in a random hallway. Yeah. I hate it. I don't understand why they're blue. Like that yeah. doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. Why well, is blue? blue flame because it's so hot? Is that a thing? Well, maybe. Yeah, I think when a flame is blue that means it's like at one of the highest temperatures it's it can be. But that's flame. still like right. <laughs> exactly. Those little human, torches. Human relay. But what why how? Why is it that hot? Yeah, why is it that how, how could we possibly produce how, something? Yeah, that how hot? could that come out of you? I mean, but there and there are Dating from the 1400s up to present day, the the case where the coroner or the coroner in Ireland said this is spontaneous human combustion was 2010. There was a guy in Ireland in 2010, and because they couldn't find any source, this man was laying in front of his fireplace, like he was close enough to his fireplace where you could go, oh, well, maybe something he was wearing just caught on fire. There was no trace from the fireplace to his body. The only scorch marks were on the ceiling and underneath his body. Whoa. Yeah, and they ruled out that it had anything to do with the burning fireplace that was still burning when they found this body. There was just no way. There that was it could no have been. way it that was it could just have, his body. It was just his body that went, you know, and lit that up. is that the most recent one? Did you say that's the most recent one that I found, and that's the that's I'm the first one that's been like documented as report of death, cause of death, spontaneous human combustion. Which a lot of the other ones insane? are all kind of. They're like, well, it could well, have been a lit know. cigarette, or well, yeah, not she, sure. maybe she was too close to a lamp when they were still made of flames, and you know, yeah, <laughs> when they were still made of flames, <laughs> like when you were lighting gas lamps and stuff like that. But what if, what if, what if they're demons? I mean, good. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. Hey, it's a theory. Like a <laughs> possibility could be a demon. Could it's be a demons. fiery demon. Yeah. So this it's definitely demon. This and, especially like this and the poltergeist theory, mm-hmm. are kind of uncontrollable superpowers. Right. Yeah, and maybe not the best ones. To, I mean, I don't know that I would want to 
spontaneously. Oh, oh no, no. Absolutely And burnt no. to ash. And burnt nope. to ash. Because I don't think there, there's no, like, there's no, oh, no, there is. There is a, a, a couple accounts of people who have spontaneously caught fire and not died. Yes. Yeah. Yes, there are. Um, so it's not always death. It's like, not always death, but like most, yeah. The, the famous ones, the ones where they're like, "This is definitely spontaneous human combustion." Right. Like those resulted resulted in, in, in death. death. Um, but yeah, there. I think there's one in France where a woman basically just like vomited flame, and then they saw flame coming out of her stomach, and then everything was fine, and she was fine, and that was it. That and that bonkers. was it. That was the end of it. Yeah. But usually alcohol is involved. Well, there was so also... So let's keep drinking this. So let's yeah, keep drinking yeah, this so beer. Bottoms up. Um, <laughs> there was also... I don't remember anything about it, but I remember seeing the pictures of a younger boy. Uh, I believe he was... Uh, I think he was Pakistani. And he was holding his bed sheets. And his bed sheets had a huge burnt hole in them because he woke up at, in the middle of the night and he was on fire. And... There was nothing, like, no one had set him on fire. It was just his family there, and he, and it was just his, his, even, even his pajamas weren't touched. It was just his bed. It was just the sheets. Like, it was just his sheets burned. It's like the monks that can control their temperature to the point where they emit 200 degrees Fahrenheit from their hands. Yeah. And they can dry their sheets and stuff up in the Himalayas. Yeah. That's kind of, people in... Temperature, it's weird. Um, there's a there's a pretty funny story of one of these spontaneous combustion things. Somebody that survived, um, he he thought it had to do with his hot water heater. His name was Jack Angel, and so he sued the hot water heater manufacturer because he he went to touch it and he burned himself. Uh-huh. But he lost the court case because the doctor said that he was burned from the inside out. Like, it wasn't like, generated what? from the outside in. Can you imagine being told that? So then he was like, okay, cool, I'm just gonna be somebody who survives spontaneous human combustion. Oh <laughs> yeah. Instead. Oh, sure, yeah. It's just, fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'll pay my medical bills. Yep. Yeah, that would be such a crazy thing to get from the doctor. Like, oh no, you started that fire. You started that heat. Be like, what? <laughs> what? I, pardon me? Like, I would so just sit strange. there staring at them like, this can't be correct. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. It, ugh, it's so strange. It doesn't make any Temperature sense. Temperature, man. What also, on the other side of that, it's like, okay, these people are exploding and, and turning into flame and ash. But what's crazy to me, too, is people that can survive, like, lightning strikes multiple times and basically yeah. have nothing happen to their body. Right. Um, we have a very dear family friend who was hit by lightning three times Ugh. and he was fine. It was actually, he ended up passing away from cancer like years and years and years later. But when he was younger, when he was in his twenties, he was hit three different times by lightning. And he was three totally separate fine. Times? Three separate times. Like three on three separate, separate occasions? occasions? Three separate times. That makes you think like what's going on inside you to yeah. attract lightning? Right. Because that's. That seems crazy. Yeah. Like where... I was going to say, that's to like a superhuman ability once. where you're attracting lightning. Again, yeah. not an ability you want, no. but no, there's, there's an X-Files episode in you that's like it. calling the lightning. Yeah. There's, yeah. An X- there's an X-Files episode with Giovanni Ribisi and Jack Black about it. I love me some Giovanni Ribisi. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that, that makes it seem like there's something like... 
something a, is there's an attractor. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like sort of you're attracting weird. a current, an electrical cyborg? current, for yeah, some reason. Yeah, it seems like yeah. Um, there's one. There's a really, really famous guy who was hit seven different times in his life through the course of his life from oh 1942 God. to 1977. Where do these people live? Um, his name is Roy Cleveland Sullivan, uh, and he was a park ranger in Virginia. Virginia, cool, cool, cool. Which generally that part of the world has more thunderstorms to begin with, okay. and so there is the probability changes a little bit because. There's more lightning, there's more lightning strikes, but to be hit seven different times and survive, and in weird fluke ways. I mean, ways that shouldn't, like, he was hit while he was in his car, and your car is supposed to act like a Faraday cage. You're not yeah. supposed to, you know, you should be, you're supposed to be safe. You're supposed your to be safe. I've been told that my whole life. So many times. <laughs> yes, I he remember was... being very worried at 16 of getting struck by lightning. Yeah. <laughs> my mom would always be like, you're fine. The rubber tires are good. Yeah. The rubber tires. Yeah. You're fine. And yeah, my rubber tires of my brand new car were going to save me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. That's okay, what's so supposed to happen. But he was sky. struck. The lightning came in through the window no. of his truck and hit him. And I think that was the second or third time that he was hit. It wasn't even the first. There's uh, something no. in these people that attracts electric yep. current. There has to he be. He was hit yeah, in his car. He was hit... Uh, in a fire lookout tower, he was hit standing in his front yard. Um, he was he was hit in the restroom. He was no! hit on patrol, uh, and he was he was hit while fishing in a freshwater pool. Oh, which oh can God. happen. I mean, water yeah, is supposed water to be is like the worst maybe place if you've to been be. hit six times already in your life, just avoid all bodies of water. So yeah, you don't. that should be a yeah, rule just, of thumb. I would say just don't go outside, but apparently you can still get hit by lightning when in you're a taking restroom. a shit. <laughs> just trying to take a shit. It's Which fine. really bothers me. I am so upset by that story. <laughs> <laughs> and like nothing, like he was fine? He was fine. Yeah. Yep. I can't. I don't he, like it. He was fine. He was, he was never, he, none of those lightning strikes killed him. He lived in relatively healthy life. Wow. Yeah. Roy! 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 Hey, Roy. Roy, Roy Cleveland on? Sullivan. Roy. Uh, my <laughs> sister, I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, my sister and her fiancé, their house just got struck by lightning a week and a half ago? Yeah, yeah a week and a half that's ago. Crazy. Which, that's insane. Yeah. But yeah, then a person getting struck by lightning is even crazier. And then a person getting struck by lightning three, four, five, six, seven, eight times in their life is... Too much. Team too much. It's insane. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And to to not die. Yeah. And to just be fine. Like, whoops. (laughs) Well, I'm sure it was a little bit more than... Oopsies. Oops, there I go. There I go There goes the lightning. No, I know, but still. Too much. Too. Also, I, think, I I feel like I would be royally pissed if I got struck by lightning and did not have a superpower after that. Oh, yeah, right. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I should be magical after I get struck Absolutely. by lightning, especially seven mother trucking times. Have you, yeah. have you guys ever seen the show Misfits? The English. It's an English show. Oh, gosh. A long time ago. Hysterical. But yes. basically, I seem to remember, I think all of them were stuck in a fluke storm and got hit by yeah, lightning. Yeah, they got hit by lightning and that's why they that's had their the powers. Yeah. That is the dream. Yeah. I would, I'd get by lightning if I could have superpowers. Yeah. An I ability. Just, I, I want ability. Gladly, I wish my spider bites lent 
to Superman. Something better than just instead of just pain and itching. Yeah, there was a man. Maybe it was a black widow. Oh, her brown recluse. Yeah, I can't handle it. There was a man who was struck by lightning. Uh, who, after he was struck by lightning, could play the piano. What? Yeah, he just no knew how to way. play the piano. That's kind of cool. He, it's it got to be some kind of rewiring in your brain. Yeah, right? it has to be. But, like, to know something that... that you didn't know before, like, it'd be different yeah. if he was, like, all of a sudden had a sort of a musical ability and, like, taught himself how to play the piano. But he got struck by lightning and then could literally sit down and read music. Which and is not just, something you're born with. No. You have to be taught. Read music it's and just so play the piano. Oh my gosh. What? That's pretty crazy. I never knew that. That's I would cool. take that superpower. I mean, yeah, that I sounds would. great. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I want to be really good at the piano. I'll yeah. play with Gaga or something. <laughs> Seriously. Piano so player to the stars. Go on Sweet. Ellen and start yeah. touring with Gaga. Yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah. It's, yeah. Perfect it's a dream. Do it. Yeah, yeah dream. I'd do that. Dream life. I think the closest. We, we had lightning strike our front yard once. My dad's front yard in Maine, but that was about. That's as close as that's as close. close as you want to get. I be. Yeah, that's yeah. a comfortable to the I don't wanna, place to be. I don't want to mess with that. I have one. Okay. Her name. First of all, first of all, I'm obsessed with her now, and she's my favorite person that's ever lived. <laughs> all right, I'm already pumped. <laughs> um, her name is Shakuntala Devi. She was born in India in 1929 to a father who had rebelled against becoming a temple priest and instead joined a circus as a trapeze artist, lion tamer, tightrope walker, and magician. So already her life is awesome. Yeah. But, like, not really because, unfortunately, her family was extremely impoverished Mm. and Shakuntala was never given an education. But at the age of four, she effortlessly memorized an entire shuffled deck of cards at one of her father's shows. And he immediately made her part of the circus. At the age of five, when most kids are learning to count to 100, she was extracting cube roots in her head and was her family's sole money earner. She traveled all over India to different schools and businesses to display her talents. By the time she was a teenager, she was traveling the world to perform. She would be able to speak to a crowd and ask for a random person's birthday, so like day, month, year. And within one second, she would be able to pinpoint which day of the week they were born. So if I happen to be like March 22nd, 1988, she would be like, Monday. You are born on a Monday. She just could calculate that And it was shit. super quick, what? just on the spot. Super fast. Wow. So um, you could also give her a random year, say 1947, and a day of the week, say Tuesday, and she would be able to, within seconds, tell you the date of every single Tuesday in 1947. And she was never wrong. She just could calculate it in her head. Wow! She went on a CBS special where she wowed the host, the audience, and a professional magician, Ricky J, by extracting the roots from a ten-digit number within one second. Whoa. In her later years, she would sometimes see up to 60 people a day in hotel suites around the world working as an astrologer. Uh, she would be able to answer many questions about their lives just by knowing their date of birth, time of birth, and birthplace. And we have an entire episode planned on astrology to kind of, like, explain how that stuff works. But it's basically a numbers game. Uh-huh. And she lived in numbers. She could just, she just understood them. Yeah. From the age of four, she was four able to see. basically, like, rain man the shit out of a card game. Right. Like, she just got it. Um, she's in the Guinness Book of World Records for human computation. She's known as a human calculator or a human computer because wow. she could just do it. 
Um, she's in the Guinness Book of World Records for the multiplication of two 13-digit numbers faster than a computer. Whoa! So she was able to take... She was given two numbers, both had 13 digits in them, and she multiplied them before the computer did. And of course, this was like, this was like, what does that feel like to be in that What does that feel like? I want to know what is going on in her brain and how she can just that quickly be like, of course, these numbers mean this. Does it just just up? Is it just wicked fat? Like, what does that look like in your brain? Yeah, the computing? Yeah. I want to know what that feels like. I can't imagine. I She's wish I had also this in the Book of World Records by figuring out the 23rd root of a 201-digit number in 50 seconds. No. Uh, 1955, she appeared on a BBC show where the host gave her an extremely complex mathematical equation to solve. She solved it in seconds, and the host told her she was incorrect because her answer was different than the one that his team and their computer had come up with. Uh, but then they recalculated it and found out she was actually right. And the computer was wrong. What? Yeah. She outsmarted a computer? Yeah. Her brain literally worked differently than anyone else's brain on the planet. Uh, It's truly remarkable. And not only, this is so cool, not only was she like a human computer, one of the smartest people alive at the time she was alive, um, she was also super far ahead of her time. In 1977, She wrote a book called The World of Homosexuals, which was the first study of homosexuality in India, and the book was considered pioneering, even though it went mostly unnoticed at the time, because, I mean, luckily they didn't burn her at the fucking stake, at least they just ignored her, but um, in it she interviews two uh, young Indian homosexual men, a male couple in Canada seeking legal marriage, and a temple priest who explains his views on homosexuality, and obviously a lot more. And the book uh, that she wrote in 1977 ends with a call for decriminalization of homosexuality, and uh, to quote her, full and complete acceptance, not tolerance and sympathy. Get it, girl! She is the fucking coolest! What a bad bitch. Um, She passed away... At the age of 83 in April of 2013. Dang it. I know. know. I'm like, she I want to meet incredible. her. She was incredible. I had no idea. I didn't even know anything about her. No. But she, she's Yeah, insane. she's known uh, in the, like, in his book of world records, she's known as a human computer. She could just calculate. She just connected with those numbers. That's yeah. amazing. That is so cool. Can you imagine if she's we awesome. had her, like, working for NASA right instead of like touring as I mean eventually she kind of took her you know she took her talent into different directions but she toured with the circus for like 30 years no and she could have been using this for so many other things instead of just like dance monkey dance yeah jeez what a waste but good for her for being awesome at the till the very end of her life yeah she seemed pretty Cool. I'm obsessed with her. I mm. want to know everything there is to know about her. That's Deep amazing. Too. That was so good. Yeah. Shakuntala Devi. Shakuntala Devi. It probably Devi, but you know, Devi. we're not good at pronouncing things here. That's I mean, I read so many names during my telekinesis portion that had to all be <laughs> all of them were wrong. <laughs> they were wrong. All I don't wrong. even know what they are. <laughs> no. Yeah. I have no idea. You got lucky. You had Walt. No, what was his name? Roy. Roy. Roy Cleveland. Roy Cleveland. Roy from Virginia. Roy from Virginia. And like Francois and Cotini <laughs> and all these things. It's true. It's That's pretty easy. What else do we have? You um, have something I on... do. So I, okay, so I also looked into um, magnetic people. Yes. 
I didn't go super, super deep because fairly quickly it was, it's kind of debunked in the sense that, that human magnets are, are basically just sticky people. Yeah. Um, but, but there's, like, there's a pretty well known one and his name is Miroslav Magola. Um, and he, whether it's magnets or, or some, it's generally the consensus is it's not a magnetic field because they've tested sticky people's magnetic fields and it has nothing to do with magnets and they're not just doing metal to skin. Okay. It's all sorts of different materials. There's plastic and wood and metal and, um, but this guy's pretty nuts because he, he actually fights gravity more than a lot of people claiming to be magnetic people where you see him pick up a bowl and his head is on the ground and the bowl is on the ground and he puts the bowl to his head and then lifts his head up. So it's working against any kind of gravitational pull where some people who claim to be magnetic will sort of, you know, contort their body. So they're kind of, it's like putting a spoon on your nose. Right. Um, but he's pretty nuts and, uh, there's no real legitimate explanation for how he's able to do what he does. Cause it's not, his skin doesn't seem to produce a lot more sebum the way that they generally, you know, try to, people, yeah, yeah, most yeah. people, most people are like, okay, well it's just because he's got stickier skin, but he doesn't have stickier skin and he sort of defies logic in the way that he can pick things up against gravitational pull. Right. And he'll, you know, he'll put his hand. As opposed to just, like, placing something. Right, as opposed to just placing something on your forehead and kind of leaning so that it's sort of balanced. It's not a balancing act for him. He's legitimately pulling these pieces up with his hand, you know, flat against the thing and fighting gravity. Um, And there, he was also insanely superhumans. Um, Oh, okay. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, and I think think he has, I think he has, he, he spends his life trying to debunk you know, or to fight against people that are trying to debunk his ability. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and there's no real scientific explanation for it thus far. Wow. Which is I wonder, pretty cool. So that is really cool. They yeah. have, they've actually touched him. He's not sticky. Because there's another guy. No, and you see it like he can, he'll just lift it back off. I mean, watching videos of him, of him picking these things up with yeah. various parts of his body. He sort of, he does weird breathing stuff to <laughs> begin with. Like, of course, like every super ability. Um, and then he'll just kind of pull it off. And it's not, there's no hesitation to it coming off of his skin again. There's so nothing. It's not a magnet. Like, it's, it's nothing not, sticky. He's right. just, he's defying gravity. Yeah. It's like what you said. Yeah. Which there's makes a, yeah, no there's sense. another guy that I saw on Weird Wonders of the World. Love that. The BBC show. And he was kind of the same way. And he actually walks around as a walking advertisement for Guinness Book of World Records. I don't remember his name. But he actually wears like a Guinness Book of World Records shirt. And he's paid to basically walk around. And he walks around with, like, he's bald. And he has, like, a water bottle, uh, a box of noodles, um, <laughs> something else, like, stuck to his head. He can just, like, walk up and down the street. And he can pull them off and then put them back on. And then he'll ask people, like, oh, can I use your phone? And then he'll stick it to his face. And it just what? sticks to his body. It's so but it cool. only sticks so to pretty. his face, his head, to his, his flesh, neck. Right? Well, then, um, his, uh, forearms, but not his, not his, uh, like, biceps. Huh. And not his legs. So it's only so it's very only specific parts specific of, the parts of his body. Oh. He can't, like, put it on his chest. I wonder so if there's something, like, 
the way that spiders walk up walls, where there's like little barbs that tiny like hairs. Yeah, like, I wonder if there's or, a little tiny variations in the, in the hair. Yeah, because they um, will, or probably. The skin or yeah, they've like that. Uh, they've tested that him as well, mm-hmm. and they they tested his sweat. Because they noticed yeah. he's a bigger guy, and they noticed he was sweating a lot, so they were like, oh, well, he's using this sweat to suction this stuff to so parts put, of like, his skin. So they put, like, powder on Yeah, him. so yeah. they basically, like, did different tests with him where they, like, made sure he wasn't sweating, he's still stuck, or wow. they took his actual sweat to see if there was anything different in it, there's nothing different in it, like, they can't figure out why he why is... Anything? quote unquote sticky he's not even sticky but like why he is and like his skin you know like I said he's a bigger guy so it would make sense with the things like a water bottle with like that sort of like concave bottom to be able to like like stick it like suction your face yeah but a flat cell phone right that doesn't make sense no no and cell phones are heavy and cell phones are heavy yeah to just be able to like put it on your face like yeah wow that's fascinating now, what is the use of a superpower like that? Right? Right? <laughs> right? Or I'm like, wait, what do you do with What this? do you do, what with, do with that? Just like spontaneous human combustion. What do you do with I that? I know. I oh. mean, if you could find do- a way to control it and like... Uh, like flame like, on. Yeah. Like, I did try like to see a- if there was any... Because there, because there is the scientific sort of groundwork behind spontaneous human combustion and how that occurs, I did look to see if there was anything legitimate in pyrokinesis. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And there's nothing. I mean, there's yeah. just, like, there was a story about a little three-year-old in, in yeah. the Philippines at one point, but there was no, there were no credible news sources right. that could say, yes, yeah, for sure, right. snapping your fingers right. and lighting them on fire. Well. But yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, if you could control it, you'd be unstoppable. Right? Mm-hmm. You'd have to be a villain, human right? Torch. You'd have to be I a villain. Don't... I don't know. I guess there's yeah, a human torch. He's a yeah. hero. He's but a I, hero, I, right? I assume it's it seems a... more like a villain. I mean, but then there's Hades. Like a, yeah. It goes yeah. to yeah. the villain side. Yeah. 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 Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> the little blue flame. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have a couple more really random ones. Do it. Um, nice. So there's a woman named Veronica Sider who has superhuman eyesight. Uh, so normal humans can barely see details from 20 feet away, even if they have good vision. And Veronica Sider can see clearly up to one mile away. Stop it. What? One mile. And it's it. not As I'm fake. sitting here with glasses on. I know. I I'm, like, I'm blind I as a bat. I, I have contacts in. Screen. I have contacts in. If I had this this far away without my contacts, I would not be able to read no, it. No, I cannot see. Perfect vision is 2020. Veronica has 22. Yeah. What? Like 22 vision. Not it. She's, I can't. She's able to distinguish. I also just learned so much about how we, like, what that scale means just by what you said. Yeah, right. right. I know. Like, excuse me, where's the. What? uh, She's able to distinguish people and objects up to one mile away, as well as gauge their relative distance from her. Her eyesight has actually been compared to a telescope, in that she can actually see, her eyesight is so crazy. She can actually see the constituent colors that make up color in TV sets. So, you know, average humans are able to see color as a product made up of three primary colors, red, blue, and green. So if you look really, 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 if you get close on a TV set, you can actually see the tiny red, blue, and green dots that are producing an image to you that makes it multicolored, that makes it like a moving picture. Totally. Apparently... She can actually see the colors by their components of red, green, and blue. So that's how she sees a TV when she watches it. 
So she, she has the worst life colors. ever. Yeah. <laughs> can't she, even enjoy yeah, television. Yeah, her vision is so good that she can't watch TV because she sees the colors broken up. She's seeing, like, such a sharpened view yeah. of everything. Like, everything is What just... if she went to the drive-in, though? That's like actually a very mile, like good a mile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she went to the drive-in but, like, parked at, like, Burger King. Yeah. Right. A mile yeah. away. A mile away. Maybe she'd enjoy it. the only way she it. can watch movies. Yeah. That's how she'll do it. <laughs> I should call her. I think I'll suggest it. Um, once in front of a group of professors from Stuttgart University, she cut out a piece of paper the size of her thumbnail and proceeded to write 20 verses of poem on it, neatly, without using a magnifying glass. Which, to me, is another skill. Like, to right. be able to yeah. write that small, I don't understand yeah. all that um, That's a talent. No one in the entire world has been reported so far to possess such an astounding vision. Veronica holds the Guinness Book of World Records for smallest visible object, and despite her insane ability, she has chosen to remain as anonymous as possible and lives her life as a practicing dentist in West Germany. Wow. Um, I would trust her with my mouth. Right? Sure. You will see everything so, for sure. Uh, she's determined to live a normal life as she possibly can. Her eyesight is believed to be a genetic mutation and is actually considered as paranormal, like a paranormal human mystery. Because wow. they cannot figure out how this happened. Um, but can you imagine? And for second up, third, third of all, she's actually really pretty. So can you imagine being born beautiful, 22 vision, and smart enough to be a fucking dentist? She's she got it made. She had the, like, yeah. genetic... She is real life Wonder Woman. But I also yeah, like geez. can't imagine how much of a nightmare that is to have vision like that. Right. Though. Like you said, she can't sit and do normal things and just watch normal things. Yeah, because it's she not like she can adjust it. It's not like a you yeah, know superpower. Yeah, it's not like a superpower where it's like, I'm gonna look really far away now and then I'm gonna right. go back to normal. That's how she sees all it's the time. It's just her vision for yeah. life. I'm wondering wow. if they could develop some sort of glasses. To normalize a little bit for her. Oh, that would be, yeah, like opposite glasses? Opposite glasses. <laughs> <laughs> opposite opposite day, glasses. Opposite glasses. That's a great way to work That's actually it. a really, um, that's a really good idea. Genius. I'll call her. What, did, what else do I have to call her about? I forget. I also oh, forgot. Oh, oh sitting a mile movie. away from the oh, driving. Oh, a driving movie yes. and then opposite glasses. At the burn, opposite okay. glasses. I'll give her a call. Great. Yeah, just like, give, you, give her these suggestions. <laughs> Let her know it'll help her life a lot. And she'll be fine. We're the experts. She this isn't, it. like, this is not super, well, it sort of is superhuman, but um, something that I find really fascinating, especially because I've seen about 400 previews for the new Flatliners, the remake. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I am I'm really excited. Really like, excited. I, I like the, really yeah, I like the, uh, I like the original a lot, so yeah. I would, yeah. so, you know, we'll see. And it's but, fascinating because people are so, so interested in what that in-between space is and yes. what happens when we die and all Such that kind of thing. Such a curiosity um, I think it's it's pretty fascinating how many people have either had near-death experiences or have been, like, pronounced dead and brought back. Uh-huh. Um, and apparently the human body, we you can die for up to an hour and still be resuscitated. Whoa. Without yeah. any, like... Brain damage? Mm-hmm. That's I insane. I did not think that was true. That's no, I didn't think that was kind of amazing. Like, you can still be brought back after an hour. 
Hour. Um, whole hour. Which is nuts. Which I always think it's crazy. Where it's like, he was dead. He was pronounced dead for three minutes. And I'm like, what? Right. My, Forever. That's yeah. what? That's so long. Right. Dead. But that's so actually apparently not, not that dead. Apparently they can still bring you back. It's not that dead. You're not that you're dead. You're not that dead. You're, you're like not a that little bit dead. dead. Get up. <laughs> you're just up. a little dead. You're fine. Okay, so my dad, when he was younger, um, he and my mom met in Boston, and he was living in Boston. I can't remember if this was before, I think it was just before he met my mom. Um, But he was living in this little apartment, walked in one day, and there was a carbon monoxide leak, and he didn't know, he wasn't aware, and it basically immediately passed out. And he was out for a solid... 15 to 20 minutes, like heart stopped, all of that kind of stuff. And he describes the experience because he saw, well, like a lot of people describe a sense of peace and calm and they see people or people talk to them. And he had all of sort of the classic, like near death experience moments, um, where, you know, saw a light. He, he saw a light, yeah. he walked toward the light, he saw a figure, the figure was like, you basically have a choice. I don't think you're, you're, ready to die yet, so why don't you, like, turn around and, and go on back? Oh, my God. And, um, and when he woke up, he was in a, basically a different space than where he had passed out in his house next to a window that hadn't been opened. <laughs> so somehow he, like, was basically brought back from whatever. Wherever he yeah. was. Oh my yeah. gosh. Which is crazy. And my dad's a little bit of a savant. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he is, he's one of those people where like, he doesn't really read sheet music, but if he hears something, he can play it on a he piano, which he's never studied. And wow. he's, he's really, really musically and sound inclined. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know how much of that is from after that point right. or from before. Um, but it's fascinating to me. Like, no, I that's wanna, completely I study fascinating. Him. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, don't let like, your body yeah, decide. What if, what if that all happened afterwards? Right. Yeah. You got all these talents yeah. after that moment. Yeah. Man. Isn't that crazy? crazy? Like, I've honest. seen him. I have literally, I've played him, I don't know, flow rider. And he, he will then sit down on my grandmother's <laughs> piano and start playing it in an acoustical form with no... He, it's not no a style of music of that he listens right. to. It's not. There's no sheet music in front of him. It's crazy. He just heard it and he repeated it. Yeah. Here's well, the thing. People with talent in general blow my mind because yeah. I have zero. Like, I don't have any, like, thing that I'm like, oh, I can sing or, like, I can act <laughs> or I can juggle or I can, you know what I mean? So right. anytime, like, every time you sing, I'm like, what? Like, it blows <laughs> my mind. So for someone to not only be, like, talented, but just be, like, just have it, yeah, you know what I mean? Like the, like the no training, memory. no yeah. like. The, I can't. It's crazy. That blows me away. Yeah, I can't handle it. Do you think he has a photographic memory? Can he see and hear things and remember? He doesn't, but I do. You do, which is weird. Wow. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. Sometimes I think. But I have we a also both have memory. synesthesia. Synesthesia. It's when you um when your senses mix up pieces so like i see numbers in color or letters in color in my head when i think about them um and my dad can feel sound he can feel it. it's when your senses kind of cross oh, cross wire what it. yeah um so there are people that can like taste something they see or see something they taste or you know it's like it's, it is a it's like a rewiring in your brain where your senses get crossed 
A little bit, yeah. It's weird, but sort of the most common form of it is seeing, when you think about like one through nine, how that do you was, see that? Yeah, that was uh, the only time I've ever heard of that was there was some sort of Facebook thing. I think it was like a BuzzFeed article or something that was like, do you have this? Yeah. And I clicked on it and it was like, when you think of the number nine, what color do you think of? And I was like, none. And they were like, congratulations, you don't have it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you think of burnt orange? Uh-huh. Oh number four. Uh, navy blue. What? It's weird. I don't what? see any colors. Yeah. <laughs> Three is green. Is, two is a light pink. Like I don't. I, I don't, don't know why. And it's been that way my whole life. What? Yeah. I wonder <laughs> if that has something to do with because you have a photographic memory, for example. Yeah. Right? Because you have that photographic memory. If it was a book you had at one point. Ooh, remember maybe. those books? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, remember those books? Yeah, like, like a children's book in color. Yeah, very specifically like, one, one is the first right. number of the world, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe like we're all rainbow-colored yeah. and you just carried that yeah. with you. Because yeah. that's how it totally used to be. be it used to be even the, um, even, so remember the, the little alphabet block things, like every yeah. single letter was a different color. Right, yeah. So I'm wondering if it's a photographic memory thing, and now every time you think of A, you think of red because you... That right. was the color you saw of that the picture. block that yeah. you saw. Actually, that's, that's a great theory. Yeah. I could totally... Well, I would well I'm a genius, that. so that's my talent that I never revealed <laughs> to you That's what I have that going I'm on. a genius. Another crazy thing that we should talk about is... That we've talked about before briefly is echolocation. Mm-hmm. Do you oh, know yeah, about this? Bananas. Yes. How crazy a, is this? There's the, isn't he here? There's... There's a guy here. There's a guy who lives Juan. in Los Angeles. Right. Uh, Juan lives here. And uses echolocation to get around. To get back. around. But the guy, the the guy that's like kind of teaching the world how to do this, he's probably not the first person who's done it, but his name's right. Daniel Kish. We talked about him before. Mm-hmm. He was actually born with a disease. Uh, it was an aggressive form of cancer in his eyes. So by oh. age one, they actually, he's not just blind. He has no eyeballs. They took Whoa. his eyes, and he has glass eyes, and by the age of, like, three, he started making clicking noises with his tongue, and could sort of start mapping the world around him. So he started to, like, click in front of trees and notice the sound that is produced when it's a tree. And he talks about it. He's like, well, when I'm in front of a tree, I can tell it's a tree because the trunk, when I click, the trunk gives these, like vibrations back basically like this echo comes back to me with the trunk but the leaves are a little transparent so some sounds bounce back to me but some sounds kind of don't so i know that those are the leaves and like he can tell like he can walk up to a staircase and click his tongue and tell you exactly how many steps are in the staircase and he has no eyes so this isn't like that is another example of i want to know what it feels like in yeah. right. I want to. I want to be able to see what he sees because he doesn't see. It. So he doesn't it's see like, it all. And he's never had sight, so he has no right. even like reference yeah. as to what even stairs look like or what trees look like. So it's literally creating like a three D map in his brain that could look completely different than what it actually looks. Yeah, like. totally. So or it no could idea. look the way it looks in that. When they made Daredevil into a movie with Ben Affleck, yeah, mm-hmm. where it just is like he is—he's the yeah. human dare. Everyone calls him the, the human. human the, well, they call him the real life Batman because he does mm. echolocate like right. a bat, but he's really more like Daredevil. He like he yeah. can see the world around him based on. His and um, he even talked about going to. I mean, he lives a life completely 
like on an like he's not hindered in any way. He goes yeah, to he rides bikes everywhere. That's how he gets around because he can't drive. That's too dangerous. But right. he can ride a bike everywhere, and he rides bikes like he doesn't ride on the sidewalk because people's uh, when he click he clicks the whole time, you know, like the whole time. But um, people don't produce as much vibrations as, say, a car does. Right. Like an e- the echo. I they absorb more instead yeah. of reflecting it back. So it's so actually safer than for him to ride on the street with cars. Because he can hear the cars, but with people, he can't always hear them, so he could like end up hitting them. So he rides his bike on the street, and he has since he was a kid. He also talks about, you know, he was like, uh, it's even okay for me to go to, say, like, a crowded bar or a concert, because all he has to do is click a little bit louder. He said he actually likes it, because a lot of time people don't even notice his clicks there, right. so it's not it's a so like, self-conscious loud. thing. But he can go into, like, a crowded bar or a concert and click and be able to tell where the exit is. Wow. Because of the... I like don't even understand that. That is like a legitimate superpower. That's is. insane. And, but they've tested him. His hearing actually isn't that advanced. You know, the thing is, when people do have something like blindness, other senses will heightened. heighten to, right. like, you know, compensate for that missing thing. So usually people that are blind have better hearing, mm-hmm. or if they are deaf, they have really good eyesight because right. their senses kind of compensate. Uh, but it's not to the point where it's like they can do things that other people can. Yeah. And he doesn't have super crazy hearing. He's literally just trained himself to hear differently than he's trained himself wow. to, to hear see through his ears. sights. Yeah. Yeah. That's, he sees which through Which is insane. Crazy. And then it was nuts because Ashley brought up this guy, and then it turns out there's a guy who went to my church who is in Weird Wonders of the World with this guy. Yeah. And he, like, saw them in a group together, and I was like, that's the guy from my church. Yeah. Which I don't go there anymore, but he, I think he would click when he walked into church because he'd always come in without a cane, and he would walk in really confidently. And the worship there, it's one of those churches where the worship band is, like, a rock band, and it's, like, a whole production. And so it would always be really noisy and loud, and people were everywhere, but he walked in with such confidence and never ran into anyone else. So once you were saying the loud concert in the bar thing, I was like, Oh, he was totally doing that, I think. And he now gives tours in, like, European cities to other blind people, and he teaches them how to click and realize what's around them. And so there were... So cool. I'm still friends with him on Facebook, and there were some videos and pictures on his Facebook of him, like, giving a tour to other blind people and saying, like, this is where this giant rock is. Now we're on a cliff, and la, 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 la. And I'm pretty sure... It was kind of crazy. I'm pretty sure, because I brought this guy up on an episode, and Lauren was like, I knew a guy. And then we watched the episode, and we saw the guy. (laughs) So I was like, watch him! Your guy learned from my guy right. who t- and he's now older yeah, than him. now Daniel Kish like spends his time teaching blind specifically right. blind children because if children can learn they can actually use it because a lot of times adults can't yeah it's like learning a foreign it's language sort of like, like yeah, yeah they can't so much they absorb have to learn, they have to immerse in it yeah and they have to yeah. and like kids you know with your imagination mm-hmm. even even blind kids with your imagination it's so mm-hmm. you're so open to like learning things and so open to like absorbing new things so he teaches kids and actually I found out I thought this was really interesting this doesn't really have anything to do with superpowers how many people uh, specifically blind people are uh, against the clicking oh I didn't know really because they think uh, they call it blindism yeah 
Uh, they think that you're drawing undue negative attention to yourself. And they also don't see being blind as being a hindrance or like a disability. It's sort of like when, you know, it kind of drives me crazy, but when um, like the deaf community gets angry when someone chooses to undergo surgery to get their hearing back. Mm-hmm. So like it's not a disability. Yeah. And it's like, yes, but you can choose to live your life that way. Totally. And they can choose to live their life. Right. No the way one that is they wrong for it. Right. No one's wrong. Yeah. Right. No one's saying like you're broken and you have to do this. Totally. But if you choose to, yeah. So the the blind community is actually Yeah, there's uh, quite a few people who are not. Huh. They're mm-hmm. like anti-clicking. Interesting. Yeah, it's very weird. All right. That's awesome. Um, I have one more, actually. Do, do it. Do I have one more? I do. Okay, so his name is Tim Cridland, also known as Zamora the Torture King. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that doesn't Tim, sound great so that's far. A, that's Tim, a title. <laughs> Tim was born in 1963 in Washington. And he was fascinated with sword swallowing and fire breathing at a very young age. And very early on, he started experimenting with pain. He used to stick himself with sewing pins to make girls in his class scream. Like when he was a kid. Okay. He would stick the sewing pin uh, between the webbing of his fingers. Oh. I would have screamed. <laughs> for sure. Um, as he grew up, he studied Eastern mystics. So the men that would swallow swords or like lay on a bed of needles or walk over hot coals. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just thought it was really fascinating. So, basically, his gift now is that he can, like we were saying earlier, he could put mind over matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can inflict extremely painful injuries on himself and doesn't even bat an eyelid. So, he can control pain. Ooh. So, some of the things he does, uh, he does with a large, long, sort of almost like an ice pick, like a thick needle. Hmm. And he can stick it through the muscle. In oh. his arm. Not just his skin. He sticks it through here and it comes out here. There's another one that he does where he sticks the pin in his mouth and it comes out his chin. Oh my god. Oh. I don't think I could ever watch this. It's awful. So it's does he so... not feel the pain at all? Here's the thing. He, he feels the pain. Because a lot of people claim like, oh he has nerve damage. He sure. doesn't feel it. He feels mm-hmm. pain. He just feels it he he's trained himself to recognize the pain but accept it differently okay so whereas you know we get hurt we go ow 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 he controls his fight or flight kind of kind of control his fight or flight basically that's a nice talent and he will again he uses breathing exercises and meditation always yeah I really need to get into something and he can't write I, I do yoga like things. every day. Make me a super ten whole minutes a day. <laughs> but all he does is focus. He focuses on the act of what he's doing and not the pain that it's inflicting. And by doing this, he enables him to stop his body from going into panic mode and sending blood rushing to the inflicted area. So it's not that the stimuli isn't there. It's just that he doesn't process the signals the same way right. that we do. But that's the thing. He can stick this needle through his arm. And it doesn't bleed. Wait, and it gets that's weird chin. Yeah, I was like, that bleed. changes the mind. I was about to situation. ask about that. That's crazy. Yeah. Like that's cr- there have been does times that he has blood. Um, like for example, he he does not drink alcohol ever. He doesn't drink a drop of alcohol right. because that thins your blood, blood yeah. and it can 
he could get that hurt. That would be real bad. Um, he also has hit arteries before on accident. Ooh. And he's bled then because he couldn't stop it. And he's had to seek medical attention. Oh my uh, gosh. But he doesn't normally. He could do it without bleeding. But how? How? Well, people have, and he's been he's been studied because people have tried to debunk it and say that he already has he has some sort of piercing. For example, they think he has a piercing already here, oh, so he, he just slides the, the needle through Got the it. piercing. But huh. there's no hole there, and what happens is he actually does it. He'll show you he does it in a different spot every time because he does not want scar tissue to build up. Right, and he actually heals overnight. So, so he can heal, healing. yeah. So, so he can Wolverine. heal yes. pretty much. He yeah, he is Wolverine. He what? heals overnight, and then he won't stick himself in the same spot because again, he doesn't want scar tissue to build Whoa. up because then that would be potentially painful and could bleed. That's, okay, what? What? Indeed, I don't understand. See, him. that is like um, that is a superhuman thing to me because you can't use mind over matter to say like I heal overnight. There are, and I don't bleed. no, but there are there people, are people who have gotten, no. for example. Uh, they show this in the movie Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon, which is a great movie. I know you made me watch it. Stir of Bacon. (laughs) But, um, it's a real thing that happens. They do it in the movie, but it is a real thing. So people have been hypnotized before, and a needle has been stuck through their skin. And they've been asked not to bleed. While hypnotized. While hypnotized. This is normal, everyday people like me. So your mind can control it. You your believe. mind can control it somehow. The mind is bananas. It truly, truly is. And that was what I was saying about um, like, uh, Wim Hof. How, yeah, like, for yes. years and years and years, science has said it's not possible. It's not right. possible for your uh, brain, for your mind, to be able to control the temperature of your body, mm-hmm. uh, the anything about your physical body. And right. that's not true. You are. Obviously. There are people who can. Yeah, uh, we just don't know how. Apparently, so breathing. I if they're just tapped into a different sector of the brain, I mean, because it's the same thing with like people that die and come back and have some, you know, crazy power, or right. they're hit on the head really hard, and then all of a sudden they can, you know, memorize everything. Or right. the, the guy who was hit by lightning and can play the piano. There's totally. there are so many things in there that we're not mm-hmm. tapping into, yeah. or that don't get tapped into or could just potentially be rewired and totally change how a human... Well, and I don't understand why people hear something like that and then go like, that's ridiculous. Because then you look at, we've talked about this on other episodes, uh, serial killers. Mm -hmm. You look at the the childhoods of serial killers and how so many of them have brain injuries. Mm Mm-hmm. In their past, so they many. Hit their it's so head. common that they got Something hit on the head and got happened. a brain injury, and then suddenly they're violent. It rewired them, or mm-hmm. it unlocked something in them right. that wasn't there before. Um, yeah, it's just it's not impossible. Totally. Well, and like the the scientific community using lobotomies as a way to correct mental illness by taking out or, or frying parts of the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which didn't really work out so well. Didn't go so well. Didn't go so well. Turns out but for a long time, that, that was, was terrible. That was what the scientific that. community was like, this is the way to fix it. Right. Yeah. This is how you do I it. I like your scientist voice. Thank I you. know. This, this is, is how we do it. it. Fix it. <laughs> Wait, it's will like, you say the, the spoon line again? There is no spoon. Oh, okay. it's getting Well, that time it was terrifying. 
You had like a new tone to your voice. <laughs> my eyes went crossed. I lifted my leg up. Like I don't know what happened that Body time. Body parts. That time I tapped into a weird part of my brain. <laughs> Anyways, um, do we have any final thoughts on human superpowers? There's so many. I, there are. I honestly, because this this week I kind of I didn't have a direction to go in. I was like, I'll just see like what I can find. What's out there? There's I so found many. so. Many. I found so, so many. many people who could do such strange things. Like, there was one guy who could uh, take a two-liter bottle, uh, like an empty two-liter bottle, and he could blow into it so uh, forcefully that it would explode. Because his what? lung capacity was so... His lungs were so strong and the capacity was so large that he could, he could explode a plastic bottle. And it's like, That's how nice. does that happen? Like... How also, my question, possible? when am I going to wake up and discover I can do something That's what I'm saying. Crazy. Like, why don't I have this? Why don't I, I have it? I don't it. even have normal human skills. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is not true. You're an artist. <laughs> you are. Hot. Okay. Ashley's an artist, everyone. So when she says she has no talents, she's a lion. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, you know, when am I going to wake up and be able to... There was another guy who could climb walls like Spider-Man. I saw that yeah. guy. Yeah. He could just That'd be a fun up. skill. I want to climb a wall. Be <laughs> and half tits. of the skills... Looking at it, half of the skills are genetic and half of the skills are learned. So how totally. does that play into it? Right. Yeah. You know? Or, like, are the learned skills actually some sort of genetic piece? I know. But yeah. that's what I'm struggling with. tap into. Right. Or, is there a little piece that already exists, yeah. and then they just, they well, learn like, and go yeah. further that's like Wim Hof, who says, yes, like, oh, exactly. when I was younger, I was drawn to cold water, because yeah. it didn't affect me the same way. Totally. He already had something going on, like, but now he's just a master. The walls. I mean, he's probably been climbing walls since he was a little kid, but... Okay, is that a genetic? Right. Was that? Yeah. Was there something? Did that just him? happen? Did one that day? just happen yeah. one day? Did you just decided to start climbing walls, and realized you were really good at it? How? I just want to know it all. I think the good news is um, a little piece that I didn't mention earlier when I was talking about telekinesis. Um, there, over the decades, researchers have conducted experiments in fields such as remote viewing, clairvoyance, automatic writing, and telepathy. And all of this sounds so paranormal, but I just love hearing that scientists are willing to study that stuff and mm-hmm. go into it. And we are only just at the beginning of unraveling that something is going on in the human brain. And so I love, love that. that one day maybe we could unlock what is actually happening and just there are people out there who are willing to say this isn't just paranormal clearly like we're saying like clearly your mind can have some sort of control that we have not tapped into yet like these people are able to do that and there's been advancements of understanding in fields of quantum mechanics and molecular physics that could play into it Um, and it seems the more researchers dig the stranger things are appearing for them for instance one of the newest revelations was that um, it's possible for the same electron to be in two places at the same time. And so if such a thing is possible on a subatomic level, could this be expanded into the world as a whole? So that was like a cool finding of... That's amazing. Like, maybe this can play into this. So I just love that stuff is happening and who knows what could happen in 50 years. Like, we could unlock some stuff. Yeah, well, we talked last week. The reason we wanted to do the superhero thing um, was we had talked... Not last week, the week before. We had talked about... Um, Premonitions mm-hmm. and uh, precognition, and that as a superpower is a part of the brain that is un- unlocked, and why mm-hmm. is it unlocked, right. and how is it unlocked, and uh, how the scientific community is finally 
moving towards the direction of science instead of pseudoscience. Yes. With, with, you know, foretelling, like, future telling or foretelling oh, the future. I have a story with that, too. If yes. Time you know, we it. do. We do. I remember okay. you saying something about it. When I was in high school. <laughs> um, I was on the East Coast with my family. It was um, it was over summer vacation, and it was between my junior and senior year of high school. And I had this crazy dream where it was like it was kind of around the time when Final Destination, like all of those movies, were coming out. And it was the final... best franchise that's ever existed. Go on. Yes. So <laughs> final. I was having a Final Destination dream, and I had the list of names of, like, people that, and the order that they were going to die in in my dream, and I was trying to find my friend Danielle, and I couldn't find her anywhere, and I was, like, super vivid faces, exactly the way that they were in my high school, of all of my friends, running to each one, going, where's Danielle, where's Danielle, why isn't she here, why isn't she here, and uh, I woke up out of that dream, the reason I was trying to find these people was to tell, I was trying to find Danielle to tell her that she was the next one to die that she was the next one on the list and I wanted to intervene and like make sure I wanted to stop the final destination timeline sure and I woke up to about four or five missed calls on my phone um one of them was from my boyfriend at the time telling me that Danielle had just been hit by a drunk driver in Colorado where she was visiting some friends and she was killed on impact like no way yeah um, you woke up to that. News I woke after up the dream. to that phone call after that dream. Holy shit! Yeah. Um, and I know I had. A, I'm quite certain I had a panic attack. I don't remember this. Like, yeah. My dad. Right. Yeah. My dad went. You went into a complete state so of shock. shock and, yeah. yeah. Um. So that was a really weird one. And I also knew before my father or my grandmother before my grandfather passed away. Um, I had a dream that he and I had lunch, and he was like, "I just want you to know." Anytime you need me, I'm here. And I woke up that morning and I knew that he had passed away and I didn't get a phone call for another two or three hours from my dad. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Only kind of premonition dreams I have apparently are about people dying. Yeah. Oh my God. Which is terrifying. It's so dark. Is, yeah. What we discussed last week, and I don't mind discussing it with you now because I want to know your opinion. Like, what was the purpose? The purpose, okay, so the purpose, I think, of your grandfather. Uh, that is actually pretty, that one's really that, that was so clear cut to me. Well, the yeah, thing is yeah. that the, uh, that's pretty common. Yes, with people, especially with their grandparents or their parents who are sick and yep. who are close right. to death, yep, um, have dreamed dreams like that, and they think, you know, they theorize that potentially when someone is close to death, they can do that. Yeah, they can reach out to uh, loved ones via dreams via. That sort of Whatever, subconscious, that sort of realm. subconscious yeah. realm, and deliver those last kind of messages to them. Yeah. Um, but for example, your friend dying, because in movies, when you have a premonition, when you have a dream that's like something in the future, the whole point of it in the movie is to be able to stop that thing. Yeah. And that was exactly what that dream felt yeah. like because it was in the final destination. But it's like style. What was you the were trying purpose? to stop it in the dreams. Then what was the I was, point? I yeah, can't like, do anything died. about it. Like, right, right. Yeah. Like, how is there a way for me to tap into her subconscious early enough right. to affect this in any way, shape, or form? I have no idea. Like that's yeah, that's it's just like a pretty far. Or yeah, one of the, were you close? You were close friends. We were we were friends. I was my boyfriend at the time was her ex boyfriend. 
And she and I, like, she was a grade above me, and we were relatively good friends, but not, you know, she was not one of my sisters. She was not, yeah. yeah. Because another theory is that you just have a strong enough connection with that person to, when when something traumatic happens to them, that something signals to your brain, and therefore you... It was like that collective consciousness talk that we had where you're feeling what other people are feeling. Right. But I mean, that happened to me in uh, junior college as well when I, I was just, I had a dream and in the dream, all I saw was the snow and blood in the snow and the snow was lit up like there were uh, like lights on the snow and I heard a woman saying, I hit a deer. I hit a deer. And that was it. And I woke up to uh, my boyfriend's time's phone ringing. Hmm. And he answered it. And one of his close friends had just been run over and killed. He was uh, he was driving on, uh, like, it just snowed, first of all. It was the first snow of the year. He was driving, like, a four-wheeler, got hit by a car. And we found out later, I'm talking, like, days later that one of our other friends had actually drove like was driving down the street pulled over because he saw the woman pulled over on the side of the road and when he got out to help her she said i think i hit a deer mm-hmm. and she actually hit him. Hit but it's like i had no connection to this guy yeah at right. all yeah um there's Why nothing that i could have done yeah. to yeah. prevent this i was from on happening. the east coast like she so was in Colorado. Like, why was that brought yeah. to so your what dream was that it? was the craziest what yeah. was what why why yeah why? Yeah. Why? Why? Very strange. <laughs> is that a human superpower? Will kind we of. ever know? Um, <laughs> I think kind of, because I don't have those dreams, so I'm like, I think it's crazy. No, don't. You gotta give yourself some credit. You had a dream about the toe. I had the toe dream. <laughs> okay. Anyway, anyway let's wrap it that's up here, all the time we have this quirky but weird. Uh, before we go, we have to give a huge thank you to Kate for joining us today. Yay! Thank go you. Thanks for go having Kate. me. Go Kate. What a great... You had so many good stories. You did. I would have never... I couldn't have even possibly known that you had so many good stories. Yeah. Personal things. Uh, you know, the iceberg. Good research. It's great. Uh, before we go, we usually ask people this before we go, and you've kind of already given one. Do you have any... Uh, do you have any paranormal experience? Have you ever seen a ghost? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. No, I definitely got paranormal Okay, can I, can, I can we get one? Just get one. What's oh, the God, best one? I don't one? even know the best one. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, the best one. Um, so this one, okay, yeah, okay. So when I was little, I lived in Maine, in Richmond, Maine. Um, I was born in Brunswick, and Richmond, Maine is kind of an old, it's, got a lot of history. I mean, yeah. we lived in a house that was built in the 1800s, you know, wow. just old colonial, yeah. spooky shit old kind school. of space. Yeah. Every place is haunted. Um, yeah. And I, when I was really little, I wouldn't sleep. I had a, my crib in my room and my bed. And I wouldn't sleep in my bed because I didn't feel safe in my bed. It felt too exposed. So I slept in my crib probably longer than I should have <laughs> because I was like, this is safe. There's sparks. You're like 12. No, I was, I was like four. Thrown into high school. <laughs> Still in my crib. I don't fit. Um, and there was one night, and there were a couple things that would happen that were weird with the closet. Everything in that house was weird. I had recurring nightmares in that house, whatever. But the closet was really strange. And um, I woke up one night, and the closet door creaked open. And this black flash flew across the base of my room and, and out my door. And I screamed 
bloody murder sure. until my parents came rushing in. They could not console me. Um, and I still don't know, like, we had a cat, but it was too quick moving to in, be a cat. in my brain to be a cat, for sure. But I was also three or four. And I also got locked in that closet, and there was no lock. There was no locking mechanism. It was just a door that closed yeah. and, and shut. There was no handle or anything like that. But you like were somehow locked in. I walked, I went into the closet to grab something, and the door closed behind me, and I couldn't get out. That house was crazy. So something was going on in that closet. There was definitely stuff going on in that house. And Woo! both of my parents, my mom and dad, are like, oh, for sure that house was haunted. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's always they have like crazy not super too. comfortable when later you mention something and everyone's like, yeah, yeah of course. It's like, it's why like, was I sleeping by myself? Why, why did you leave me up there? Yeah. That was like what happened with my house where we moved out and the woman that moved into my childhood home immediately after us left within weeks because she was terrified nope. of a little girl that was talking to her upstairs. Ugh. My parents were like, well, Lauren, you were always upstairs talking to yourself, but we just thought you were crazy. Like, like, there was <laughs> oh a ghost girl. <laughs> there was a ghost. My dad How then moved you? into a house that was next to a graveyard. Why would you ever? Yep. yep. I would never. I mean, real, I, real let's life. be honest. I would. I would 100% do well, that. Well, you're no, That's actually crazy what person. I'm looking nope. for when nope. I would just say that. I know. Boy, do I, I have a house recommendation for you. Know. Well, <laughs> like, you go ahead and do that. 16, I have zero 16, desire. That's That is too real. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you head to our Patreon page to donate to our show and to MSAA. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Keep It Weird Cast and our Facebook page, Keep It Weird. Join us next week when we talk about. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I put twins. I was going to be twins, but we might not be talking about twins, but maybe we'll be talking about creepy twins. Yeah, we might have to (laughs) reschedule, so it's maybe twins. Maybe twins. Could be something completely different. It's going to be a surprise. Just and enjoy. everyone loves surprises. Right. <laughs> uh, Kate, what's our sign-off this week? There is no spring. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay, we all have to say we it together. Same Wait, time. Okay. Well, let's pledge that we're going to say it in the weirdest, the weirdest voice. voice. I'm going to say it in the voice that I've been saying it the entire yeah, time. Yeah, which is the weirdest voice. extremely <laughs> accurate yeah. to the character. Okay, ready? ready? One, two, three. There is no spoon. <laughs> and, and keep, keep it, it weird. weird. Bye, weirdos. There is no spoon. They go, look at her. Oh my god, you disaster. She wants in there so bad. That's how she knocks on the wall to let you know. That would be the creepiest noise to hear, though. You heard it in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, you're just like, why is it knocking on my No, it happens all the time. No, I don't. And now she's trying to kill Mercutio. How awful would it be if like you hear that. the noise in the night and you're like, oh, Penny, stop. And then she pops up like on the bed and is like, oh. what? And you're like, ah! <laughs> horror And then movie. you immediately walk she, out of the house. Um, I, I just think it's funny that like we lock her out and she does this thing like, hey guys, I'm not sure if you like know that I'm still out here and you close the door or I know that you wouldn't do that on purpose. So no? cool. Oh cool. God. Okay. <laughs>